Welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Caps. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past week? Yeah, very good, thank you. Ticking over nicely. I actually partook in a spot of culture last night, went to the Theatre Royal in Nottingham, so I'm feeling like a particularly rounded individual this afternoon. I'm glad to hear, and last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I hope all is well. How have you been this past seven days? Yeah, I've been all right. Unfortunately, nothing quite as exciting happened <laughs> uh, like James, but um, yeah, another Spurs win to talk about, so uh, apart from that, I'm all very happy. Don't worry about the culture, that's about the football, that's more important. Right, now we've got the intros out of the way, let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag, and who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. Okay, where should we start first? Let's focus on the sap race, actually, because it's all changed after Southampton got the better of Leicester, and that loss for the Foxes now means that Bren Rogers is top of that market at odds of 8-13. to 13. James, would you be placing your money towards the King Power at this present moment in time? Um, not sure at all on this one, actually. Leicester, or at least their fans, have kind of completed football, haven't they? They won the league in what is the greatest story of modern English football history. They had a decent subsequent run in the Champions League, and since then they've slowly but surely verted back to time, which for most fans I think is fine and to be expected. They aren't a top six or indeed a top eight club by design, so the fact they're struggling at the start of this campaign is certainly no huge shock, but in terms of Rodgers, you wonder if it's just coming to an organic conclusion between the two parties. Leicester supporters perhaps fancy a bit of a refresh, and I wouldn't be surprised if Brendan felt the same. All that said, though, I don't like to get involved in the sack race market. At the best of times, things can change extremely quickly and fooling their money could easily be parted if you're back in 8-13 to 13 shots like this every single week. There are much more volatile clubs out there in the Premier League when it comes to chopping and changing managers, so I'm keen to stay clear of this one for now. OK, then, if you're steering clear, let's take it over to Jamie now because although Everton managed to get a point at the weekend, it has seemingly done Frank Lampard few favours. Jamie, he's 9-2 to two to go first. Do you think this is more a likely outcome than that of Brendan Rodgers? Uh, possibly. I think for both managers, they're working under difficult circumstances this season. I think with Leicester, obviously, we know about their lack of transfer business. You know, they've been unable to refresh their squad. So that's been difficult for Rodgers. Then, of course, from Everton perspective, they lost their key man in Richarlison. Obviously, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's had a difficult start to the season with injuries. So, in terms of goals, they've you know, really been without that. And then, of course, you look at the fixtures coming up. They've got some tough fixtures coming up, both of them. Um, you know, for the Foxes, they've got Chelsea away. They've got United at home and then, they, you know, and then Brighton and Spurs. Uh, for Everton, they've got some decent, maybe some OK fixtures on the horizon in terms of Brentford and Leeds. But then they've got Liverpool and Arsenal. So some tough matches coming up for both of them. So I think both managers could be in some slight trouble. But I think for me, 
if I had to pick one, it probably would be Brendan Rodgers. I think James did mention about, you know, maybe it coming to kind of an organic end. And you just feel as though maybe he has taken this squad as far as it can go. I think it's a talented squad as well. I think that's the thing. You know, regardless of the lack of incomings, there's still a lot of good players in there. I think Vardy's still going very strong. I think uh, James Madison is a fantastic player. And then obviously, you know, lots of nice bits in that squad. So, you know, the fact that they have started off really poorly, they ended the season very poorly last year as well. Um, I think that Rodgers is probably my, my bet for, for the first one to be sacked. Then again, James, things aren't quite clicking for Lampard's former England teammate, Steven Gerrard. Now, Villa may have got the better of Everton the week before last, but then they lost to Crystal Palace the weekend just gone. Odds of 11-2 to two for him to be sacked before anyone else. Is there value in this one? Uh, I think he's fine for the time being. There doesn't appear to be any strain on his position right now. And I do think he will pick up results. It's just whether long-term the Villa owners change their mind as to whether he can pick up enough results to get them in those top six or top seven places. And it's certainly a buyer's market at the minute as far as European football goes. You've got Newcastle champing at the bit. Aston Villa really want to be up there. Plus the likes of Manchester United, they need to be in the upper echelons at the table too. And all those factors make it an extremely difficult job for Gerrard. But he certainly isn't helping himself by failing to pick up results from the winnable games. He'd have looked at three openers against Bournemouth, Palace and Everton as a huge opportunity to stamp a marker. And despite spending plenty of money, they just haven't been able to do that. And if it doesn't improve, then he'll do very well to reach the end of the season. But I think there's one or two ahead of him in the sack race for now and probably rightly so. Well, Jamie, as James just mentioned, the sack race market is incredibly fluid. One week you're hot, the other week you're not. So things have cooled down for Ralph Hasenhutl after that win over Leicester. But at 13-2, to is he just another defeat away from those odds shortening? Yeah, just on Gerard firstly, I think with him, obviously, you look at the pressure that's going to be on him, um, given how you know how much Villa has spent and, of course, the ambition the club have shown. So I think for, for Gerard, I think that he is a strong shout, just given the ambition that that club have shown. So that will definitely be an interesting one to keep an eye on. But as you mentioned with, with Hasenhutl, I think he'll just be about safe. Um, I think, you know, he's always kind of, he always looks to be on the verge of, of getting sacked, but he always seems to kind of find a way out. And I actually do think he is quite a good manager. Um, and that's why I think he does have the ability to occasionally turn it round. Um, I think at times as well, Southampton looked fairly impressive this season. We saw, you know, some good spells in that, in that defeat against Spurs. Obviously, Leeds, they came back and uh, managed to earn a point. And then, of course, they got that good winner uh, against Leicester on the weekend. So I think for now, he probably will be safe, but it's something that really can change. And they've got some tough fixtures coming up as well. Obviously, I mentioned Everton and, um, and Leicester have tough games, but, but so does Southampton. They've got Manchester United, they've got Chelsea and Wolves as well. So that could easily be zero points in the next three matches. And, you know, we know that that can quite easily mean that the manager starts coming under a lot of pressure. But... As I said, I think with Harzen Hutu, we seem to find a way out of it. I think they've also made some good additions, and I think they'll be okay this season, Southampton. So, um, yeah, I've got, I don't have too many concerns about Harzen Hutu getting the sack. Now, the next name in the list is Eric Ten Hag at 11 to 1. But I feel the market is slightly distorted after the, the drama of the first two weeks of the season. So, I'm not going to focus on him, but I'm going to offer up a value pick. In my opinion, Bruno Large at 16 to 1, because at Wolves, the football's not great, there's not a great amount of goals. It's not a good start. Would you be keeping an eye on this one, James? Yeah, I actually tipped this one over on the freebets.com TikTok page when I was making a few anti-post predictions and I went for the same mitigation as yourself, Dan. I think in this game, you either have to play good football or you have to win games. Wolves have just been able to avoid too much attention because 
They're able to grind results out despite not playing particularly nice football. But now a change of system, no Raul Jimenez due to injury and, as you say, they're struggling for goals. And now in a phase where they're neither playing good football nor winning games. And fans don't tend to have too much patience for that certain combination. And Wolves owners remain ambitious. So if they notice themselves that they're getting cut adrift of teams with similar aspirations, then perhaps they'll consider a change. Well, Jamie, promoting managers always run the risk of getting binned in and around Christmas time. That's probably because the chairman get the jitters when they're looking at the potential pitfalls of relegation around the corner. Scott Parker, for that reason, may be in the firing line soon. Odds of 18-1 to 1 at the moment, are they worth an early glance? I think it's very long odds for, for kind of a manager who, you know, a team that has very little hope of staying up, to be honest. Um, so that, I think it was definitely worth a look for sure. I mean, especially at those kind of odds. But I think, I think the thing with Parker is that they'll probably look at him and, and maybe you look at the ambition that they've shown this summer from Bournemouth and you probably say, I, I'm not sure whether they're a side that really feel they can stay up. And maybe they just feel that Parker, you know, if they do go down, that he'll still be the best manager for the job. So I think, you know, again, if you look at kind of Nottingham Forest, they are a club who will be expecting to stay up. They've spent a lot of money. But again, then you compare that to Bournemouth, they've just not really shown that same sort of ambition. I think maybe there is an acceptance that they might not be able to stay up. Maybe there was just too much work for them to to be done. So I think they might look at Barker and just think that he is the guy to stick with. They did a very good job in the Championship last season with them. So um, I, I think he's a guy they probably will stick with. Um, you know, he's had, obviously had some a fair bit of success with them, so he's got some credit in the bank. So I think he'll probably just be about safe. But obviously 18-1 to 1 for, a, for a manager who... Um, is managing a team that probably will go down. I think it's, it's probably worth a slight look at. Yeah, I think you've probably got to remember that this is not just one sacking in the Premier League. If we were to revisit this topic, I don't know, November time, and Bournemouth are languishing in the bottom three of the table, those odds might shorten quite dramatically. Because it's the start of the season and Parker's got that credit from getting Bournemouth promoted, you don't look at him and think that's the first man to be sacked when you run through all the candidates that we've also just discussed. But as I say... Come November, December, this could be all changed. So we'll have to keep an eye on this, and I'm sure we will return to it. But let's talk about some Premier League action, because first up, we're going to focus on Bournemouth's trip to Liverpool. Now, James, surely this is where the Reds find their first win of the Premier League season. But at odds of 1-12 to 12 on, can you find me a more exciting bet, please? Well, it isn't all that easy to get excited about Liverpool at present. They were all over the place at times, and that defeat to Manchester United, but... As you say, a home game against this Bournemouth side should be the perfect tonic, really. The Cherries really gave up before the first whistle was blown against Arsenal last Saturday. And in the face of searing Liverpool pressure, I can see them buckling pretty quickly. A Liverpool win to nil at 8-13 is far from a blockbuster bet, but it's certainly moving in the right direction value-wise. Bournemouth failed to score in five of the last six meetings against Jurgen Klopp's side and just can't see it happening here. And all of those six wins, by the way, have been Reds wins, five of which have been by margins of at least three goals. So a jump in the handicaps makes sense. So with that in mind, Liverpool minus two is available at 10 to 11. Good shout. But, Jamie, one thing that we need to remember is that Liverpool keep conceding first in the Premier League. With that in mind, could it be a Liverpool win from behind at odds of 7-1? Does this grab your interest or do you think it's going to be a rather routine encounter at the weekend? What's the tale of the tape in this one? Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one to maybe consider. But I, I, I just think with this, you know, given the pattern that Liverpool have gone through this season, of course, as you mentioned, you know, to go behind against Manchester United and, and, and Palace as well and Fulham. 
So interesting one, but I just think this game it's going to be a totally one-sided affair. I think we we saw that you know Man City with Arsenal both dominated Bournemouth, and I think that will be the same case for Liverpool here. I just think they're going to be too strong, especially at Anfield. And I think Liverpool will look at this game as as really the perfect opportunity to kind of finally get that first win and, and maybe start to build a bit of confidence. So yeah, I can't see Bournemouth going to Anfield and really giving them a game. I think it's going to be pretty plain sailing for, for Liverpool. I've gone for my own little bet builder as well in this one. I'm going to go for a Liverpool win over 3.5 goals. I think it'll be an emphatic win for Liverpool. And I've gone for Luis Diaz to score any time. And that's at just over 2-1. to one. I think that, as again, I'm, I really look, like the look of an emphatic Liverpool win here. Luis Diaz, we of course saw him scoring that last game at Anfield. A really, really nice goal against Crystal Palace. So uh, I'm backing him to get on the score sheet here again. Um, so yeah, that's what I've gone for. I've gone for a nice little bet builder there. Of course, James, if that clash is routine, it might not be the case when Man City play host to Crystal Palace on Saturday. The Eagles have a habit of doing well at the Yeti Heads. Can they continue their momentum at the weekend? Would the double chance at odds of 4-1 to one take your interest here at all? I see you, Danny. You're trying your best to hook me in with some double chance. But yes. It's only worth a try, but my Nashers will stay clear of that one. I just can't see Palace repeating tricks of yesteryear. Although the Eagles have lost on just one of the last four visits to the Etihad, so that might stop one or two punters in their tracks when it comes to sticking City in an acker. Can't say I'll be doing that anyway at best odds of 2-11. to 11. I do think they'll win, though, and they could do with three points after a draw at Newcastle. And they don't have to worry yet about Champions League rotation, so they could put a strong side out for this one, and I think they'll be a bit too good here. And Palace have conceded in the opening 20 minutes of two of their three league games, so I like City half-time, full-time in this one at 4-6. to six. Very tempting. Jamie, City's defence certainly had an off day last Sunday, conceding three goals to Newcastle. Do you think this game will see goals at a premium? If you had to pick an over-under on this, what would you go for? Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to go in a slightly different direction to James. I just think with this one, I think we've seen plenty of times in the past, as we mentioned, Palace, they do seem to be a bit of a bogey team for, for Man City. I think with Spurs, of course, we saw this last year. You know, Man City, they failed to beat Palace in either fixture last year. Um, you know, for Palace, you know, for Man City, sorry. You know, they've only won four of their last nine meetings with the Eagles. So it shows you, you know, they've had plenty of struggles against them. And I think in this one, I do see lots of goals, especially you can see how many goals these these two sides have been involved in at the start of the season we of course saw Palace score three on the weekend we saw Man City score three on the weekend so I, for, for, for me here I, I do see plenty of goals over 3.5 as well at 11 to 10 but I, I, do you know what I'm going to go for? I, I really like the look of this one because I, I can see Palace getting something from this um, I, I, I don't know why I just think it's because they've had a good record against Manchester City and I think this is a really really big shout but over 3.5 goals and a draw is a massive 22 to 1. Ooh. I thought that was a really interesting bet. I, I, I don't know. I just I, I think you see the way that Man City obviously drew against Newcastle. They maybe had some slight problems to start the season. Obviously, not, not, nothing too massive, like if you compare that to Man United and Liverpool. But um, certainly, they've been an interesting side so far, Man City. But then, as so have Palace. They've made a strong start as well. So... I certainly wouldn't write Palace off in this one. And as I said, over 3.5 goals in a draw. I, I don't know. I like the look of that one a lot, especially at 22 to 1. Well, if you've got the last 50p in your account for the weekend, stick it on. I don't think it's the worst shout ever made on this show. There's been far worse suggestions. So I don't think it's bad at all. Even the double chance Claxton at 4 to 1, I think it's a good shout. City, 
they're kind of like a wounded animal when they don't win, so it might sort of bode badly for Palace, but at the same time, as we referenced, Palace do very well at the Etihad, so there's a lot to consider, and it might just go the Eagles' way at the weekend. But James, Erling Haaland is averaging a goal a game in the Premier League at present. He's 1-2 to two to score any time on Saturday. Is there logic in backing him every week to do so, or are the prices too short to cover the risk that will be attached? Yeah, I think over the course of the season, he will be losing money. Even if he has an extremely good season in the Premier League, let's say he had a £380 bankroll stick, a tenner on him for every game, you'd need him scoring at least 31 of those games to get profit at the end of the season at odds of one to two. So when you look at it that way, it doesn't really appeal as a long-term betting strategy. It makes more sense to pick and choose your games. And with that in mind, Palace is a good candidate when you see that they haven't kept a clean sheet yet this season. But... Yeah, bet at one to two for an anytime goal scorer isn't exactly one that gets the pulses racing, and the bookies are particularly stingy with the big boys in those markets. Now, Jamie, if you had to pick another anytime goal scorer in this game, would your focus go to Man City, albeit it's quite hard when you consider their rotating cast of superstars, or would you be tempted to back a Palace player instead? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I'm going to back a Palace player here because obviously I've, I've made it quite clear. I do <laughs> think that Palace will get something from this. Um, I think from a Man City perspective, Gundogan's an interesting one to look at. He's obviously made a good start to the season, opened the scoring against Newcastle on the weekend. Um, he's at any time goal scorer at 13-5. to five, But I think from a Palace perspective, I think at the moment it's got to be Wilfred Zaha. And especially at 5-1 to one at the moment, I do think that that is very good value. I said, I think there'll be goals in this one. I think Palace are going to score for sure. And Zaha's made a fantastic start to the season. We've obviously seen him get three goals in his last two games. So he's a guy who is in form at the moment, scored against Liverpool and Field. So again, he's, he's a guy who's banging form. So at 5-1, I, I really like the look of that anytime goal scorer for, for Wilfred Zaha. I'd have to agree. When you consider the form that Zaha has been in the last couple of weeks, he's red hot and why not another goal in Manchester at the weekend? Right, Jamie's already offered up his bet builder, but we're going to work on our own collective one now as we're going to the Emirates. Arsenal play host of Fulham on Saturday evening and once again, we're going to try and construct a winner. This week, James, as per, I'd like an anytime goal scorer. What have you got for me? Well, the Sadio Mane segment is fast becoming the Gabriel Jesus show, and he gets the nod again this weekend. He didn't score at Bournemouth, but he is tremendous on the South Coast. He was unlucky not to score, and should get plenty of chances at home here, so I like him any time at even money. Fantastic. And Jamie, once again, if you could give me the over-under on the goals, please. Yeah, I think Arsenal will be too strong for Fulham. But I do kind of see uh, Marco Silva's side making a fairly good contest of this. So I do see a fair few goals. And I'm going to go quite big again. And I'm going to go for over 3.5 goals for this one at 13 to 10. Jamie has got the nose for goals in this week's show. I'm going to take cards this week. Looking at the stats for this season, Fulham have already had eight bookings. Arsenal, four. So I don't think it's going to be too blood and thunder, but Granit Xhaka's always good for a card when he plays. Let's add another one into the mix. Let's go for, do you know what, over two cards. So I reckon at least three cards at the Emirates. And let's now recap on our three picks. OK, then, just to recap on our three picks, James has gone for Gabriel Jesus to score any time. Jamie's gone for over 3.5 goals at the Emirates. And I've gone for over two cards. So at least three cards on Saturday evening. Add those three components together, that's odds of 9-2, to two, a tenner bet, £55 in your back pocket. I hope that gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. Right, let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. Arsenal are on maximum points after three weeks. They're only 3-10 to 10 to beat Fulham at the weekend. James, if you were to add a bit of meat to the bones, what could you do with this one? 
Well, it's worth noting that Arsenal have an excellent record against Fulham, who have lost against only once in the last 15 meetings. But Fulham have been far from a soft touch this season. They've got a brilliant win against Brentford under their belts to follow up two good draws at the start of the campaign. And they've been finding net no problem. And despite regularly losing to Arsenal, they've scored in three of their last five defeats. So with that in mind, I fancy an Arsenal win and both teams scoring at 7-4. to four. Well, Jamie, Alexandra Mitrovic was the hero last weekend as Fulham got the better of Brentford. Could you see the Serbian finding the score sheet at the Emirates on Saturday? Yeah, I think ever since we kind of started back doing these previews of the Premier League games, I think James and I have both been kind of really advocating that Mitrovic will score plenty of goals this season. Um, and he's obviously off to, off to an excellent start at the moment. We've seen him got three goals already. So I, I do like the look of him here. Again, I, I mentioned in the Bet Builder section, I think that Fulham are going to contribute to this game. I think they're going to contribute in terms of goals. And I think Mitrovic is a good shout here. And uh, he's 13-5 to five to score any time. So I think that's a fairly good shout. Because I think Fulham are going to make a bit of a game of this. So, uh, yeah, Mitrovic, I think, is a good shout at 13-5 to five to score any time. Well, James, in terms of Arsenal, you cannot overlook the fact they've got maximum points thus far. But is it also fair to say they haven't been really tested this season? Is it going to be more a test this weekend or more of the same for the Gunners? It'll be a test of sorts. Fulham have shown so far that they're hard to beat, or indeed impossible to beat, in fact, seeing as they're unbeaten. But Arsenal have faced similar challenges in their opening few games with opponents that will be happy to sit in and defend. But the Gooders have been able to counteract that by starting games very quickly. And that's one area in which Arteta has improved this side. They're a lot more proactive with the ball. The speed at which they move the ball is impressive too. And I think that will cause problems even for the big sides. And I've given Fulham the benefit of a goal in this one, but I don't really see them causing any serious problems to Arsenal this weekend. And similarly to their game against Leicester, I fancy a sort of 4-2-esque scoreline. Well, Jamie, in terms of the half-time, full-time market, you can get a draw at the interval and then an Arsenal win, odds of 10-3. to Do you think this is how it plays out or would you lean towards an Arsenal-Arsenal at odds of 10-11? to yeah, I, I think I'd probably have to lean towards maybe an Arsenal-Arsenal. I just think that at the moment, yes, that you know, Fulham have made a strong start. James said there, they're unbeaten. So it has been a bit of a surprise how well they have been doing. But I think as well, you look at Arsenal, you know, to have taken maximum points, the way they've been playing as well. I don't think they should have too many issues. I mentioned, I do think Fulham will make a game of it. But Arsenal, are, at the moment, they are the most informed team in the league at the moment. So... I think they should be able to pretty comfortably win this one. Um, so I'm going to go for an Arsenal-Arsenal. I think that that's probably the way to go for this one. I don't think Fulham will kind of really kind of cause them too many issues. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go for Arsenal-Arsenal for this one. Yeah, I'd have to agree on that front. But now it's time for our long shot acker. This week, once again, anywhere in the world, just one odds between 2-1 to one and 5-1, to one, which means, Jamie, you're first up this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go for Leeds to beat Brighton. Obviously, the game being at the Amex, um, and, and that's at 14 to five. I think you know we've seen Leeds win two of their three opening matches. Obviously, got that draw away against Southampton as well. So some impressive performances at the moment, and you know not to mention that that big three 0 win against Chelsea on the weekend. So they're a team who are banging form at the moment. Brighton, of course, are doing well, but I just think that Leeds have started so strong, and especially after that three 0 win against Chelsea. I think they will get the better of Brighton on the weekend. So I'm going to go for a Leeds win uh, away at Brighton at 14-5. to Good shout there. And James, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm heading into League One and Ipswich have started the season really strongly with 13 points from five games. And I think they'll comfortably beat a Barnsley side that have won at Portman Road only once since the turn of the century and also got humbled 3-0 at home to Wickham last weekend. And Ipswich victory in the half-time, full-time market is a tad below the threshold at 7-4, to but still decent value, I think. Great shout, James. I'm going to go 
for League 2 action this week. Don't usually drop down that far, but this week I'm going to go to my hometown Crawley. We're on the road to Rochdale. It's a bottom-of-the-table clash. Crawley have only got one point from 15. There's a bit of pressure on Kevin Betsy already as manager, but that pressure would have been alleviated after Crawley's fantastic win against Fulham in midweek. And for that reason, I'm going to back Crawley to win at Rochdale at odds of 5-2. to two. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's take a look at a few more Premier League fixtures now. And first up, we go to St Mary's, a Southampton play host to Manchester United. James, the mantra on this show has been to avoid the Red Devils. Does Monday's win now change your mindset before the weekend? Well, you've almost certainly got to say yes, thanks to the manner of that win over Liverpool. Uh, Eric Ten Hag made some big decisions in terms of personnel and he was rewarded with an outstanding display. And they're a hugely tempting price this weekend of 5-6. to six. The number one rule in this game tends to be to never back the early kickoff, but I may have to make an exception for this one. Southampton, despite a good start, I think they'll struggle if United play anything like what we saw on Monday night. And I like the look of the United winner to ground where they've only lost that on one occasion, which was back in 2003 when a certain James Beattie scored late in a 1-0 win. Beattie now, of course, assistant manager at Wigan. So I can't see him repeating the trick this weekend. Now, of course, one win in isolation is not enough to hail outright change. And, Jamie, when you consider that Southampton have picked up four points from the last six on offer, does 10-3 to for a home win interest you at all? I think it's quite tempting to be fair. I mean, especially given Southampton's last two performances, I think that that was a big win against Leicester on the weekend. But I just think with United, I think they would have taken a lot of confidence from that Liverpool win. I think to 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 kind of beat a rival like that, obviously the way they performed as well. You know, I, th I think with Ten Hag, I mentioned it in pre-season, we, we kind of saw... You know signs of what they were trying to do, and, and against Liverpool, you know it was a really, a really good performance from them. So I think they would have taken a lot of confidence from this one. So despite maybe Southampton's fairly decent form at the moment, I think United will just about scrape a win here. I quite like the look of a two-one win here for Man United at eight to one. Now James, we saw Marcus Rashford score on Monday night, which means he's likely to start through the middle again at the weekend. Would you fancy him in the anytime market on Saturday? Yeah, I don't see why not. He certainly wouldn't be the first player to emerge with back-to-back -back goals after a long, dry spell. And he's got the goods to really hurt a side with the defensive fragility of Southampton. It might also be the watershed moment for Jadon Sancho after his first goal for a while. And as far as odds are concerned, they look pretty decent. Rashford is 11-4 to four to bag any time and Sancho is banged on 4-1. to one. Now, Jamie, you may have just hinted at it there, but could this be a game where both teams get on the score sheet? Could this be a market that garners some attention before the weekend? Yeah, well, whilst I was kind of preparing for the show, this was kind of my shout for this game. I do like the look of both teams to score, definitely here. Um, I think United win and both teams to score. It's just over 2-1, to one, uh, so I think that's a fairly good shout there. Um, you know, with Southampton, we've seen them score away at Spurs, got 2-B Leeds, got 2-B Leicester. So they're a side who don't have any issues in terms of scoring goals. So, um, yeah, I, I can certainly see both teams scoring here, but uh, I think I'd be definitely edging towards United win, so... I think fairly good shout for United win and uh, both teams to score. Now, next up, we're going to go to West London as Brentford play host to our good friends Everton. And there's no doubt that Thomas Frank's men have goals in them this season. James, the question is, will they have more than the Toffees on Saturday afternoon? I think so. Yeah, we touched on it last week, but 
Everton just don't have that spark at all in front of goal. Whereas if you look at this Brentford side, you can comfortably pick out three or four solid candidates for a goal. And defensively, there are still one or two question marks over the Bs, but I'm not too concerned about those when coming up against an Everton side rather that are just completely hopeless away from home. It's just two wins for the Toffees in 15 months on the road. And Brentford, surprisingly, a shade better than odds on this weekend and look good value to me at 21 to 20. Now, Jamie, goals, or the lack thereof, have been the early issue for Everton. You can get four to five on there being under 2.5 in total at the Brentford Community Stadium on Saturday. Would you go this way, or does over 2.5 at evens appeal to you more? Yeah, look, I'm going to calm down a bit on the goal front here, and I think there will be slightly less goals in this one. Um, I think it's going to be a very tricky trip for Everton this one. With, of course, they've been made a very poor start at the moment, but I, can't, I can see this being a low-scoring one. I think if you look at Everton, they just don't have any goals in them at the moment. So I don't see them contributing. Um, I think for, for, for Brentford, it will be maybe a low-scoring win for them. Um, so I, I think I'd probably lean towards 2.5 goals for this one. And uh, I'll probably mention a bit more on this one uh, in, in the later segment of the show. OK, keep your powder dry on that front. James, Ivan Tony is always a handful when it comes to Premier League defenders. You can get 10-3 to 3 on him opening the scoring on Saturday. Is this too bold for you? Would you prefer 13-10 to 10 anytime instead? Yeah, I like him as an anytime pick personally. I'm just not one of those first goal scorer kind of guys when it comes to having a bet. I prefer the relative sanctuary of having the whole 90 minutes in the bank for an anytime scorer. And Tony certainly fits the bill for this one. He's on penalty duty. He's established himself as a consistent goal scorer at this level. And this weekend, he comes up against an Everton defence that has recently changed defensive shape and has kept just one clean sheet away from home since August last year. So, yeah, I'm sure Tony Time will be making his way onto plenty of dockets this weekend. Well, Jamie, what do you make of Anthony Gordon's potential move to Chelsea? Yes, it may be somewhere in the region of £60 million, but Everton don't have a great track record when it comes to actually spending money. Would they be better off keeping him? I think from a Chelsea perspective, it's absolutely ridiculous money. I think there's nothing to me really suggests that he's more than a £30 million player. So I, I can't quite understand why Chelsea are willing to throw so much money at it. And again, it's, it's a strange one for Chelsea. I mean, obviously suggestions that they are going to play him in a right wing back position. And of course, you know, there they've already got the likes of Rhys James, who for me is probably the second best uh, wing back in, in, in the league. You know, on the right hand side, I feel like they're, they're probably OK in that position. So I can't really understand it from a Chelsea perspective. I think from Everton, it's going to be a very tricky one in terms of do they accept that offer? Um, I think for Everton, he's probably is maybe their best forward. Obviously, an academy graduate. I think a lot of fans will, will like to have that in their team as well. So I, I just think it's about how well they think they can replace him. Obviously, we know they're in desperate need of a striker. And, and when you look at their attack, it's totally uninspiring. We saw Rondon start at the weekend for them. So they definitely need a striker. And if they can get £60 million in and they feel that they've got enough money there to go and really replace him, bring in a top striker and maybe another forward with that money, then I think that that, that is something that maybe they need to look at because they're just so short of goals at the moment. And uh, as I said, desperately need that striker. So £60 million is a lot of money, but it's going to be so interesting for them because uh, I think the big thing is he's you know he's one of their own. And I think a lot of fans love, like that in their team, as I mentioned. So it's going to be very interesting, this one, to see whether Everton do accept that money. But from a Chelsea perspective, I just think it's absolutely crazy money. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, I know Tottenham have been reported to be sniffing around and offering about £35 million, which I think is a fair price, which is about par, really. But desperation always adds more millions to the pot and all this. But I don't know. I just don't see it. So it's not really our problem. But let's move on anyway, because now we're going to go to Chelsea as they play host to Leicester. Both sides need a win after losing last weekend. 
James, what's the tale of the tape for these two sides meet at Stamford Bridge? Yeah, games between two sides out of form are usually better avoided if you fancy a flutter on the football. But for those that like the look of this one, it's just two Premier League defeats on home soil against Leicester for Chelsea this century. And it's just one away clean sheet for the Foxes in the last 28 Premier League games. But the hosts haven't been too reliable defensively themselves. Just one league clean sheet so far. And Everton did have their chances in that game too. So I like both to score here as even money. But I think Chelsea just come out on top. So I'm going to go for a Chelsea 2-1 win in the correct score market at 8-1. Lovely stuff. Jamie, Leicester have conceded eight goals already this season. Do you think they're going to be just as generous at the weekend? What goal bets take your fancy in this one? Yeah, I think I think from this one, I'm going to go for a close Chelsea win. I think both teams go into this one, obviously short of confidence. I think to lose 3-0 against Leeds, that's going to have hit Chelsea quite hard. Uh, Leicester as well, they've made a really poor start and they'll have even less confidence than Chelsea. So I think Chelsea will just about get the better of them. Um, I think from a Chelsea perspective as well, we know they're short of goals at the moment. So I don't see them scoring a huge amount of goals. So for this one, I'm going to go for a low scoring affair. I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals and a Chelsea win as well um, at 3-1. to one. I think that's a fairly good shout given that Chelsea aren't, haven't got many goals in them. I don't think Leicester are a particularly high scoring side at the moment. So I, I do see this one you know, being, being slightly calmer in terms of goals. And uh, as I said, yeah, under 2.5 goals and a Chelsea win at 3-1. to one. OK, let's go to the South Coast next. There's two teams on seven points square off at the Amex. It's Brighton versus Leeds. This could actually be a tough one to call. But James, I'm going to leave that task to you. How do you see this one panning out? Yeah, it's a tough one. Leeds will certainly be on the crest of a wave after giving Chelsea a hammering at Ellen Road. Well, Brighton too will be feeling good about life after a very solid start. But this match historically has been close. It's 18 wins apiece over the years. Both games were draws last season, but... I'm going with my gut here and backing Brighton. The way they look after the ball makes me think they'll be able to deal with Leeds' intensity on the press. And odds of 10 to 11 for the Seagulls' win will have plenty of takers, I'm sure. Well, Jamie, Brighton have conceded only one goal this season, and that was an own goal at Old Trafford. So do you see them keeping a third clean sheet in a row, or will Leeds breach their defence? What bets are catching your eye in this one? Yeah, well, look, of course, in my long shot, um, I went for a Leeds win. But, you know, James going for it the other way. I think it's it, it's kind of that sort of fixture. It's one that's very difficult to call. I think both teams have made strong starts to the season. But for me, I think Leeds have probably been the better of the two at the moment. I think given, again, mentioning that 3-0 win against Chelsea and a fantastic performance from them, you know, and, and they have looked really good so far. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go in that direction of a Leeds win. Also, Rodrigo goal, and, and you can combine those two together, a Leeds win and Rodrigo anytime goal scorer at 6-1, to one, which I think is fairly good value, especially when you consider how well Leeds are playing at the moment. I think as well, you know, Rodrigo heads into that fixture top score at the moment with four goals. So, you know, you certainly wouldn't back him to, you know, you certainly would back him even to, to get on the score sheet. So uh, I quite like look at that, a Leeds win and uh, Rodrigo to score in time at 6-1. to one. Now, just to muddy the waters even further, in the long shot Acker, I was going to go for Leeds-Brighton draw. So, I don't know what angle you go for here, really. It is a tough one to call. It might be easier to keep the money in your pocket. But if you like the advice from either of those two experts there, why not go for it? But you might get your fingers burnt at the same time. So, approach with caution on that one, because it could really go one of three ways. But we're going to go only one way now, and that's our correct score bet. Because this time, once again, I just want that outcome spot on. Jamie, I'll start with you this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, look, I mentioned earlier about the Brentford-Everton match. I was going to go into a bit more detail on how I think this game is going to play out. I said uh, I think it's going to be a low-scoring win for Brentford, um, under 2.5 goals I mentioned. And uh, I'm going to go for a 2-0 win for, uh, for Brentford. I think Everton 
We know how short they are of goals. I keep mentioning that. And uh, I think that'll be the case in West London on the weekend for Brentford. I think they've got a couple of goals in them. Obviously, Ivan Tony and Bermo. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-0 win for uh, Brentford at 9-1. Uh, to one. Fantastic. And James, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend? Well, I mentioned Preston's lack of goals last week, but they drew 0-0 with Watford last time out for their fourth goalless draw in five games. And next they face a Cardiff side that haven't scored in three hours of football. So you guessed it. I'm going to go for the board draw yet again here at 8-1. to one. Lovely stuff. And of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, let's mop up three more Premier League encounters now. James, first up, let's go to Villa Park as Stevie G's men play host to a West Ham side who are bottom of the table. It's 23-10 to 10 for the Hammers to get their season finally underway. Would you be having a bit of this bet before kick-off? Yeah, Mike Temp 1 or 2. This is the West Ham side that can grind out results when things aren't quite going for them. And they come up against a Villa side that just haven't got going yet this season. And the Hammers have had the upper hand in this fixture too. They've won all of the last four meetings. So that's league doubles in the last two seasons. But Villa have their weapons up front. And I think this has the makings of a decent game. So my call here is the away win and both teams scoring, which looks a big price at 11-2. to two, So 5.5-1. to one. Well, Jamie, Aston Villa have won already at home this season. They beat Everton in week two. You can get 6-5 to five for them to do the same against West Ham on Sunday. Do you need to approach with caution, though, when it comes to backing the Villa Park outfit? I, I don't think so. I think we're. I think although Villa have been pretty poor to start the season, I think West Ham have just been worse. So for me, I do like. I'm going to go for an Aston Villa win here. I think with the Hammers as well. You know, they're of course going to be in European action again this week. They're travelling away to Denmark. Obviously, a tie that. Um, uh, you know, and again we mentioned in the before the Brighton game. You know, would that European game have an impact on their performance? And seemingly it did seem to have a bit of an effect. So. You know, travelling away to Denmark in a tie that I don't think is necessarily over yet. It's only 3-1 to West Ham, so I'm not sure they're going to be able to rest too many players for that one. Could become a bit of a banana skin tie for them in that in the Europa League conference game. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Villa are probably going to get the better of them, especially at home. We have seen them get a win at, at Villa Park already this season against um, Everton. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go in a different direction, James, here, and I'm going to go for a Villa win here. James, we spoke about Wolves' issues earlier. Do you think they can resolve them by the time Newcastle comes to town on Sunday? What's the tale of the tape here? Well, I wouldn't put money on it. The Man City game aside, this Newcastle defence has been very strong and will be licking its lips at the prospect of facing a Wolves side that really don't inspire up front. Although they did look decent at times against Spurs, but they're really lacking any incision in the final third, as well as a forward man who can hold things up and bring those nippy wingers into play and I do worry about Wolves at the moment well Newcastle are moving very nicely in the right direction the Geordies won the last meeting back in April and I think we're in for a similar story here so an away win by a one goal margin gets the nod from me at 18 to 5. Now Jamie Newcastle kept their unbeaten start to the season alive last Sunday after that incredible 3 all draw at home to Man City they're 1-2 to two to earn at least a point in the West Midlands would this look good on any weekend accumulator? Mm. I think so. I think although, you know, Wolves have looked fairly decent um, at the start of the season, they've struggled to pick up points. And, and, you know, you compare that to Newcastle, they've looked decent and have been picking up points. Obviously produced a very good performance against Man City on the weekend and managed to come away with a point there. So I think they'll be full of confidence. And, you know, again, I've always kind of liked the look of Newcastle this season. I really fancied them to have a good season. I think Eddie Howe is a good manager. I think they've got lots of exciting players in that team now. Bruno Gameres for me is is one that I really really like, and I think they've done a fantastic job to get him in, and he just looks like a really good player. So uh, 
I, I think Newcastle are going to have a good season and uh, I fancy them to definitely get something against Wolves. So, uh, yeah, this is definitely one that I'd be looking at for sure. Now, finally in the Premier League, we're off to the City ground as Nottingham Forest play host to Tottenham. James, is this going to be a banana skin for Antonio Conte's men or will they manage to walk on by to maximum points? How are you weighing up this one? Yeah, it does have the look of a banana skin, actually. Forest have picked up some decent scalps at the City ground over the last six or eight months and they'll fancy themselves to give anyone a game on the River Trent. But I do think Spurs will have a bit too much quality for them. Forest still finding their feet and had their wings clipped by a late equaliser from Everton last time out. So I think they still might be smarting a bit from that one. Well, from Spurs' perspective, if they have any kind of title aspirations, trips to Forest to certainly in the file of games that they simply must win. And I think they will, but odds of one to two doesn't really do too much for me. An alternative, though, is draw half-time Spurs full-time. I think we'll have a scrappy affair, but Spurs will just nick it before taking a short walk down to the only Hooters restaurant in the whole of the UK, which I think has been touted as the location for the Odds On podcast Christmas party. <laughs> is it? Right, that's caught me unawares. But yes, why not? Why not? But Jamie, before that Christmas do, Spurs are going to look to continue their unbeaten start if they are to be considered genuine title contenders. Are these the games that Antonio Conte's men need to be winning? And if so, what bets have caught your eye here? Yeah, I think in, in plenty of the previews, I have mentioned about how I think the City ground is going to be a tricky place to go this season. We know the atmosphere there is always really good. And, and James mentioned again there, we've, we've seen them pick up plenty of scouts over recent times, especially in the FA Cup last year, we of course saw them knock out Arsenal as well. Obviously knocked out some other Premier League clubs. I think Leicester as well were another team they beat. So I think this is going to be a tricky place for any team to go, really. And especially, you know, in a 4.30 kickoff, I think the fans will be well up for it. So I think this does have the potential to be a bit banana skin for Spurs. However, having said that, I do think I look at Forest at the moment... I haven't quite seen enough of them to suggest that they'll to get the better of Spurs. And I think as well, for Spurs' perspective, they've looked fairly decent at the moment. And of course, they got that big uh, point away at Stamford Bridge. I say big because it's a place, you know, Spurs never really go and, and get a result there. So I think that they, the, the fact that they might have got that, I think there'll be a lot of confidence there. So I think it'll be a close fought Spurs win. So I'm going to go for a, a Spurs win and under 2.5 goals at 11-4. Uh, to 4. Music to my ears, Jamie. OK, let's take a swift turn now to the EFL Championship and it's all changed since we popped in to say hello last time around. Sheffield United are top of the table now and on Friday they travelled to Luton. James, would you be putting the house on the blades at odds of 11-8 to 8 to win at Kenilworth Road? Well, with the ever-inflating property market, it'd be nice to have a house to put on such events, but I'm not 100% sold on this one. Luton were very strong at home last season, and coming to this one on the back of an excellent win at Swansea, where they also kept a clean sheet, and I think a point would actually represent a decent return from a difficult fixture for Sheffield, so I like the draw here at 23-10. to 10. Now, Jamie, when you consider that Luton were in the playoffs last season, it's not been a good start to their campaign. As James mentioned, they did beat Swansea last time out. Can you see them building on that this Friday night? Mm. Yeah, I mean, and this just kind of shows why the championship is, is, you know, one of the most entertaining leagues in Europe. It's just kind of so unpredictable, always so competitive as well. You kind of look at teams that were at the top last season, you know, they're now struggling near the bottom. And, and then equally, you know, teams that were struggling at the bottom seem to be at the top, the likes of Reading. So, um, yeah, I think this is going to be a, an interesting one. Um, I think after an away win like that, they should be confident, but... Uh, I think from a Sheffield United perspective, you know, they have made a really strong start to the season. We mentioned they are top of the league. So, uh, do you know what? I'm going to probably go for Sheffield United for this one, just because they are playing so strong at the moment. Luton, they have had a bit of struggles despite that win at Swansea. So, uh, I'm going to go for a Sheffield United win here. 
While it's Watford who are second in the table at present, they play host to QPR. They may be set to lose Yao Pedro to Newcastle, but James, do you think they're going to lose at home to London opposition at the weekend? I don't think so. QPR haven't started well at all. Mark Warburton, of course, left in the summer and his replacement Michael Beale is yet to really get out the starting blocks with the hoops. It's just one win in five for Queen's Park Rangers, while the Hornets are flying high and have conceded just twice so far this season. So a regulation home win looks the ticket here at Evens, which I'm sure will be a popular accumulator pick this weekend. Now, they are one of three teams that are on nine points. The second of those are Reading and Jamie. Paul Ince's men travel to Millwall this Saturday. The home outfit are the slight favourites in this one. Could this be a tough one to call? Yeah, another example of the crazy nature of the championship at the moment. I think with you know Reading, obviously last year we know they were in a relegation battle, but they made a good start so far. Obviously third in the league at the moment, but I think Millwall have also made a pretty good, pretty decent start as well. And uh, I think at the den, I think they will get the better of Reading here. Um, you know they've won their first two uh, league games there, um, and I think they'll make it three against Reading. So I'm going to go for a Millwall win in this one. And James, the other side on nine points is Blackburn. They've lost their last two in the league though. Can you see them getting back to winning ways at home to Stoke at the weekend? Yeah, this fixture just makes me reminisce about when this clash was always last on match of the day when they were both in the Premier League. But no, I can't say I'm in a huge rush to back Blackburn this weekend. They did start well under Yondar Thomason, but the Dane is still very much working this league out. And I wasn't too surprised to see them fall to back-to-back defeats on the road last week. And Stoke are in rubbish form themselves. Just one win in five this season. When two struggling sides come together, I think a draw is a good way to go as they look to get some momentum back under their belts. And the stalemate here is 23-10. to 10. Now, of course, Middlesbrough would love nine points, especially as they are still searching for their first win of the season. Jamie, would you be backing them to find it at home to Swansea on Saturday? Yeah, again, I think it's it's quite surprising the start that Middlesbrough have made. I was kind of anticipating under Chris Wilder that they would be kind of really pushing for the playoffs. Obviously, that could still change, and uh, but at the moment they find themselves second to bottom. So it's obviously not been a great start for them whatsoever. But uh, look, the last game at the Riverside did um, you know bring a tool draw with Sheffield United, who we've mentioned already have made a very strong start. So that that was obviously a, a good result for them. Uh, Swansea, they of course head into this one off the back of a defeat. So. Um, I think Middlesbrough will get off the mark here with a win. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go for Middlesbrough win here. OK, that wraps up the championship chat. It's now time for our final bit of business. And that is the odds on threefold. Unfortunately, our winning streak came to an end last week. But never mind, we're going to go again. Once again, it's odds of over one to two, the less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. I'll go first. I'm going to go for Borussia Dortmund to beat Hertha Berlin on the road at odds of 7-10. Now, of course, Dortmund, they did throw away a 2-0 lead to Werder Bremen last week and then lost 3-2 in dramatic fashion. However, I think they're going to offer the perfect reaction and one that sees them earn maximum points on the road. With that in mind, James, what have you got for me? Yeah, we touched on them there, but I think Watford are great news to beat QPR this weekend. Ismail Asar's move to Villa fell through, so he should be back for the Hornets. And I think even money is a great value bet for the home win. And Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to go for a Liverpool win to nil at 4-7 against Bournemouth. Of course, we've seen Bournemouth, you know, fail to score in the last two against Man City and Arsenal. I think it'll be the same case here. Yes, Liverpool have made a difficult start to the season, but uh, I don't think they should have any issues against the Cherries here. So I'm going to go for a Liverpool win to nil at 4-7. Top shout. Right, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. 
I did indeed. Cheers, Dan. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. All good. Thanks, Dan. Cheers, guys. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.